0: Welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A day that saw some mixed market trade. We saw lower numbers in the corn, higher for the soybeans, uh, lower in the wheat and on the livestock complex. It was just kind of a mixed bag, especially on the cattle side of it. Uh, lower on the hogs, but really not a lot to talk about. I know we have said that time and time before, but it just seems this fall market gets kind of stuck in a rut and not a lot of news to excite it. We do know we have a WASDE report coming out a day after tomorrow. Maybe that will excite the markets a little bit in tomorrow. Tomorrow's trade but having said that we got to look at what's affected today and we're in harvest mode and i think that's the best way to start it out is kyle bumstead joins us with allendale and let's talk about this harvest mode for corn because that just seems to be the only thing that's focused in on this trade
1: well that's right susan first of all thanks for having me back and yeah we are in full uh, full-on harvest mode here um you know we don't have any crop progress here to talk about that'll be out today after the close since yesterday was a government holiday but uh you know like said so, that just says it all we're in full on harvest mode and i mean you you can obviously see here there's been some changes here recently with the national cash basis index uh, slightly improving. It's not getting worse. So that tells me that uh, you know those bushels are getting tucked away here, getting stored in a bin. And I think that the commercials are getting ready here because in another week or so, when all this on-farm storage gets filled up here, pending this major rain system that's coming through the Midwest here, uh, we're going to probably see a lot of corn come to town here. And, and most folks are looking at better yields than they anticipated here uh, about six weeks ago. And uh, the trade in itself has been kind of telling us that, yeah, we either A, have a bigger crop, which is turning out to be the case when talking to individual uh, clients, or B, we don't have the demand, and it's kind of a combination of both. We have less demand. And we have a bigger crop so with that being said we've seen the carry spreads just uh, kind of keep working more carry into the market we're close to 16 cents carry from that decent March uh, the, from the beast contract to the March contract in corn and I guess that's more of like a hedgers type move there if you're short the DS with your uh, hedges you'd be rolling them out there to uh, the March here when uh, we get to 65 67 percent full carry and uh, locking up that carry in the market and staying hedged out there for what's gonna be uh, you know stand on the farm being in the bins and there's some really good Uh, avenues of cheap protection right now uh, in this market to get you out there to the end of february as we can get through those winter months and at least try to lock uh, lock a floor in
0: you know this weather has been a a constant i think since april uh, when we started talking this crop and and no surprise that here we're sitting into october uh, they're talking about some rain moving in and that's put a little bit of extra pressure on this harvest possibilities
1: that's right we could see some harvest delays come through here and i mean weather weather forecasts are kind of like headlines what's the next one going to do is, is it going to be uh is it going to be valid is it going to change the market is going to drive the market but yeah pretty much for central nebraska on over into the mid majority of the corn belt we're looking at anywhere from two to five inches of rain forecasted here and, and they're also talking some you know damaging winds and things like that and i hope we don't get any of that for any of our producers out there myself included uh that we don't get that because it's just too late in the game we've raised the crop and it's a decent crop and we don't want to see it go flat or or uh, get uh, hailed out here at this stage of the game. So, yeah, there there, there could be some weather uh, pumped into this here, but I, I really don't think that that's going to be a major driver until we get to that USDA report here on Thursday, and we're going to see how the algos take whatever the USDA data dump is and how they feed that into their Excel spreadsheets and how that trips up the computers and how the computers trade it. So I do think that once we get through uh, that report there on Thursday, we're probably going to trade that report for about a half an hour, like I always say, and then uh, we're going to go back to focusing on, uh, you know, wrapping up our harvest here as far as the weather goes and then looking into South American weather, how they're progressing down there as far as planting progress and whatnot.
0: What do you see as a, uh, pressure coming from this fund activity before and after uh, the WASD report this week?
1: That's a good question. Now, I can see... Uh, Potentially uh, them trying to lift some of their corn shorts. We did see some of that here uh, last week. You know, I, I think that once we get the commitments traders on Friday, they're going to show maybe some uh, short covering in the corn complex. Not a lot, but I think there's a possibility we could see some decent short covering there. And soybeans, they were still holding a net long here on Friday's last commitments traders report. And uh, soybeans were down yesterday, so I think there's some more uh, non-commercial liquidation there. Now, soybeans uh, went down, took out that 12.56 and three-quarter area on that chart there, which was that June low or that the, the low there in the June, June, when we made that low in June, poked through that, and then we closed higher today. We didn't quite get an outside day reversal higher, but the spreads did pick up. So it tells me that there was some commercial buying being done uh, behind the scenes here. So I wouldn't be surprised here if at some point in time this week we do see some export sales announcements here based off what we've seen here in the bean spreads the last uh, couple of days.
0: Looking at uh, uh the soybean side of it too, commercial activity for the beans. I know there's been some some desire to purchase beans just not as heavy is what we usually see this point.
1: That's right, and I think uh, what business is being done is probably being done in the uh you know under the reportable level here because most of the time you're seeing those spreads move at night, and that tells me eastern hemisphere quote unquote China is in here potentially buying beans but they're not buying uh, to the level that it needs to be reported and once we've gotten into the day session they're all done you know they're they're all done whatever their their markets closed and you know they go off well then we've seen those spreads get cratered and we see our non-commercials come in here and sell it And even some of our uh, commercials uh, kind of sell beans here because we're in the gut lot of harvest so i do think that there is some sales being done here as indicated by the spreads basis has not gotten worse now on the national cash basis index. It just hasn't improved very much. So that is still something that uh, we have to watch too. As the national cash basis starts to improve, then we'll uh, then then I look for soybeans to you know potentially make another run if we can get that cash basis to improve.
0: So nobody wants our wheat. That's probably no surprise of a, of ex- a non exciting news, shall we say, for this complex.
1: That's correct. Nobody really wants our wheat. And uh, I know a lot of the talk has been, well, you know, the big driver was the headline over with Israel and Gaza. and Boy, that's really going to drive the wheat. It drove the wheat down. Whatever we had for a gain, you know, off those headlines, we took it all back today. And I will stand by it. When the CME group introduced DSR, variable storage rates, again, to that Chicago wheat complex, that is not bullish. So the only bullish thing that is going for the wheat complex right now is the major non commercial short, the fund short in that complex right now. If they want to cover some shorts, yeah, you could see a fifty cent rally, but it is still wheat, and if there's one bushel extra in the world, it's one bushel one bushel too many. All
0: right, well stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of this channel final bell. When we come back, we'll take a look at the happenings of this livestock trade on the World Radio Network. Challenge. It's not something you shy from. It's a chance to up your game. Every day brings a new challenge, but with the Enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices.
1: KRVN.
0: Welcome back to the channel. Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continue our conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead. We kind of switch gears from the grain side to the livestock side in this cattle market. I tell you, a uh, mixed market trade today that we saw, pretty much lower on these live cattle, mixed uh, as well on the feeder cattle market we got some commercial activity going on what seems to be the driving factor first to the negative on the live side
1: that's a good question Susan and what the negative factor has been here the last couple of weeks has been that non-commercial fund liquidation and uh, the uh, funds of course are here, were carrying a sizable uh, length in that live cattle complex and everybody kind of had to, had a feeling that yeah they've they've got a, a big long out there and about 3 weeks ago everybody was bullish cattle and I'm not saying I'm not bullish cattle. I'm friendly cattle, but this market needed a good clean out, good washout here. I'm thinking we might be close to the, you know, done with this leg of the washout, but I just think it's a little bit too early to go on and break through and make new highs uh, right now. I think that there's uh, plenty of cattle coming at us. I do think, though, in the coming weeks – Hopefully, if this economy holds together, which it has been, and I've been wrong about it, thinking the economy is going to set back and box beef demand wouldn't be there, but box beef demand still been there. With this holiday demand uh, coming up here, we could see uh, with the you know amount of cattle we have coming at us that demand to offset those uh, to offset that you know slug of cattle we've got coming at us. So um, we have recently seen uh, you know a cut and kills, which is uh, you know friendly. I mean, we've got less cattle out there, obviously, um, that's all right. But uh, as far as the liquidation goes. It's been non-commercial. The funds pumped it up there, and they wanted to take some profit, and they took some profit, and that's what they've been doing is taking profit. We've did. seen that all clear up until about yesterday. Now, today, we did see some good action here in the forward spreads. That looks good. In order for the market to pull itself up, those spreads have got to do the the guidance here. They've got to be the guide here for that market to pull itself back up. Now, cash last week was about a dollar weaker, and I think cash is going to be about steady this week so far. The show list was down last week. Show list is down about 14,900 head this week, according to Nebraska Cattlemen's and uh, I think that there's a possibility we we trade steady money here, uh, cash this week, uh, and that's probably going to hold this thing together. Now, on the chart standpoint here, We've carved in probably a low here, short-term low, around this 184.5 to 184.60 area. And uh, maybe going to set ourselves up here in a a broader trading range from that 184.60 up to that 187 area. Potentially 191, 192 if we take out that 187 area. So I'm kind of watching that number there to the upside, and I'm also watching last week's lows there, that 184.60 here for major support. Should we break the low last week of 184.60, then I look for another leg lower down into the 182 area.
0: But, you know, when you look at the the constant ebb and flow we've seen in this grain complex, it's got to be hard for these feeder cattle. I mean, if they have it locked in these prices and they see this constant roller coaster that we're on, it's got to add a little bit of uh, anxiety for already an expensive opportunity to grow some cattle.
1: Well, that's right. Feeders are expensive. And, uh, you know, some of these guys, you know, some of these operations, you know, this is the most they've ever paid for feeder cattle. It is. I mean, you're you're at record prices for feeder cattle, both cash and on the future. So it is the highest price they've ever paid for cattle. And, uh, you know, it's the highest price they've ever sold fats for if you're selling fats or if you've been selling fats here recently. So, it is definitely worth taking a look at risk for risk management while you're up these levels. If nothing else, just protect the cost of the animal. I mean, that's that's the main thing. The interest is really starting to add up on these cattle here, and I don't think we're going to see a major heifer retention until you start to see interest rates go down. Now, if you remember, you know, back in the '80s when I was just a kid, you know, interest was 20%. Then we saw interest go to zero percent here in 2020. Now we're getting back up here towards that 10%. Well, like the old timer said, if we were at 14% interest, nobody held heifers back. But when we got back down towards 10% interest, we started saving some heifers back and people started making money. Well, you know, maybe it's going to take some time to figure that out or to get this thing worked through its system. But there is a possibility we get interest, you know, back down to eight to eight, eight, eight and a half percent interest on some of this. We could start to see some heifer retention.
0: Looking at the Goldman roll as well. Not a lot of talk so far.
1: That's right. Most of that's coming out of the November soybeans and out of the November feeder cattle. And that's where you've seen the volume move out of the November feeders here the last few sessions. And that's been moving out to the January. So January is your lead contract right now as far as the uh, feeder cattle. Or it's going to be here in the next day or two as far as the volume and open interest. So I do think uh, once we get through tomorrow and we get through Thursday, we're probably going to see January being the lead contract there. October goes off the board here in short order. And November is a very short month. They go off on like November 16th right before we go home for Thanksgiving holiday. The week before Thanksgiving is when November feeders go off. So there's not a lot of time left on these front two feeder cattle contracts here, and they're getting matched up with the index, which cash feeders have been somewhat softer here the last week, week and a half. And I look for that to continue here until we get further on into harvest and you start to see farmer feeders start to go to the sale barn and really start bidding up on feeders.
0: Lots of great stuff that we've looked at today, and I know there's still some caution since being talked about as well um, in this hog market.
1: That's right. Um, you know, we saw some plant closures happening here in the Carolinas here today. And, yeah, the hog market, that that's a tough one here. I mean, we were supposed to be uh, killing a lot of sows and not going to have the numbers. And pretty soon we just kept seeing the numbers and the weight start balloon here in the hogs. There's fresh corn in the pipeline. So, yeah, hogs are a tough market. And I look for them to continue to be tough and, and uh, trade choppy two-sided here as far as that complex goes here for the foreseeable future.
0: All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Kyle
1: call me here at the office at 308-708-7340.
0: And that is today's Channel Final Bell brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional. And right, your commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.